welcome to the Vantage Point podcast. Maria Elena, or Coach for Life Athletes, thanks for joining me today. First of all, how are you? Glenn, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really quite excited. When I was younger, I remember gyms and fitness. There was a strong association with weight loss. And that seemed to be kind of all it was about. Mm. Whereas nowadays we seem to celebrate growth, the embrace of growing your mind and becoming stronger as the main point of going there. What do you make of that shift? I'm glad you started with that, actually, because that's something that I, I am really interested in and very passionate about. My whole surroundings were all about, you know, if your exercise is specifically done for weight loss or the way that you look, regardless of whether you were a woman or a man, it was just very much like how how it was. And I think it's actually really quite an exciting, nice time for me to be joining the fitness industry because it just makes it more accessible to people and it just reframes the whole narrative, really. And I'm all for it. The one thing I feel like we might be in danger of is falling a little bit too far in this direction of going too far the other way. Everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, people who aren't really like athletes, but people who just train, talking mm. about getting and cutting and stuff like that, rather than developing just a healthy, active lifestyle. Do you think that's a danger? Yeah, the majority of people are not professional athletes and, um, you know, they have to balance being very busy at work, being very busy at home. That kind of person would be really uh, prone to overtraining or maybe not approaching the nutrition in the right way. So there's definitely a danger there of injury or of overtraining, exhaustion, just setting yourself up for a failure anyway. At the same time, I think encouraging people to exercise and find movement that that works for them. Yes, it's a trial and error thing I think a lot of the time and you know somebody might start going to the gym or start running because they saw this very inspiring post of somebody going from couch to marathon and ultra marathon within a year then they're like oh yeah sure I can do that while I'm also balancing kind of a 40 15 50 hour work and you get a lot of um, inspirational content you get people that are overachieving and uh, or achieving the impossible and that can also set kind of unrealistic expectations and almost deter some people from even trying I feel but I don't know how you feel about that yeah no, absolutely. It creates a sort of barrier to entry in a way where it's like, wow, that's so unattainable. That person's so genetically gifted. That person is able to train two or three hours a day every day and really think about bulking, cutting, tracking everything they're eating to a ridiculous degree. That person makes that their whole lifestyle. Whereas I've got to work 50 hours a week. I've got kids to look after. I've got this and that. Not me, but an example person has kids yeah, to look yeah. after. It does seem like what's even the point if I can't attain that level? Because that's the level that seems to be set by the social media platforms. And I see what you're doing is making it more of a lifestyle, making it something that you can work around the stuff you like doing anyway, make it something that's actually fun to do that will contribute to your life rather than kind of take away from it and drain all your energy. Some people might have aesthetic goals, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to be, even if somebody comes to me as a, as a client and they say, you know, I want to look a certain way, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, this is not what I'm about kind of thing. But it's about finding kind of more ways nutrition and all that can actually enhance and fit into somebody's life. The mental side of it, it's something that I'm, I'm really, really interested in and something that I think you cannot fully grasp unless you're actually doing it because it's immense, immense benefit. 
I think people are quick to rely on short-term fixes. What supplement can I take that will make me feel better? What are these little shortcuts I can take to make me feel less tired and make my skin look better? Where realistically, training, getting a good sleep schedule, eating well, drinking enough water, all these kind of boring things that aren't kind of popular to talk about, but they're the sort of fundamental essentials to making you feel good seem to get overlooked these days. What are some of the mental benefits that you've personally experienced with regards to training? You always seem to be one run away from a good mood. I've always been going for little or longer runs ever since I was a young teenager. It just clears my head, especially in kind of West Wales, so dark and gloomy all the time. Just kind of varies to get in my head, lose sight of the greater picture and then just go out, you go for a run and then instantly feeling a lot more confident and kind of just getting in touch with your body. I think for me, that's the main thing. I'm also qualified as a yoga teacher. We talk a lot about how disconnected we are, our minds from our bodies and it gives you that chance even pain even through discomfort through that huffing and puffing through the sweating whatever it is just to get in touch with your body again with a fast pace of life at the moment you know you wake up you go to your work in your car or the car on a desk on a computer you go back home you are on your phone scrolling while watching tv I mean I'm, I'm feeling stressed like just like describing it and I think it's the reality for of so many people and getting that break to just move your body is great and it's also social because I moved to the UK from a different country I had to make a whole new circle of friends I found that actually most of my friends I've acquired through exercise running clubs uh, organizing little exercise running sessions whatever through work yoga classes whatever it's such a good way to feel connected with other people exercise for a lot of people has that goal setting aspect to it which gives you this hope urges you to look at the bigger picture and believe that things are going to be better and you're actually doing something to make this happen you made a really good video recently about getting rid of the scales. I found myself particularly relating to that because I just don't care anymore what I weigh because if I'm training, I'm growing in terms of strength, in terms of size. I know I'm going to weigh more anyway if I'm putting on muscle. So the number on the scales is pretty irrelevant. And I know if that's good weight or bad weight, if I've been doing the right stuff or not, it's a bit of a waste of time and it's a bad metric for a lot of people to be baiting their fitness on. There's no one size fits all. I think the, the scales can be a very useful tool for um, for a lot of people. Yes, it can be an accountability method, especially if you're having strict physique goals or if the changing number is something that motivates you and keeps you accountable, you know, fair enough. There is a lot of baggage that come with the scales. It's probably still ongoing, although it was probably really quite heavy in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I think there's still there's still baggage with, with weight and scales. I don't want to downplay it because I think even younger people now are, are struggling with it. But what I find specifically with the scales and with some of my clients is that actually they are so counterproductive for some people because you could be doing all the other things and it takes your mind away from the process to a result even if you understand it there is emotional baggage with it so you might feel like a failure even though you have been doing everything right let's focus on the process like who do you want to be day in and day out going into this and I find that seeing that weight on the scales can actually change the shift to a result that as you well know is actually not all that you can focus on the little fluctuations a little bit too much i find on a journey you're going to have ups and downs you're going to go through parts where you're not feeling it some weeks or you do balloon up in weight for some weeks even when it's just water weight and stuff like that so hyper fixating on a number on the scales is generally not a great idea in my experience but if you're overweight and you know you're overweight and your goal is to lose weight each week yeah great way of measuring that 
But unless your goal is that, forget about it. You know, my BMI says I'm mm-hmm. obese, apparently. You know, I can, I can look <laughs> at these numbers all I want. But it's not going to make me feel much better. BMI is beginning to fall a bit out of favor in general, like even in the medical community. Last time I checked, it's outdated and we know that it doesn't have all the information. I mean, they, they can be useful metrics, but, you know, we know that there's so many other ways to be looking at things. Don't get me wrong, like getting rid of the scales was something. I mean, it made it made so much sense once I did it because I don't advocate it for a lot of my clients that would have the same potential fixation with a number but then you know even for us as trainers like when you look at what you're doing sometimes you really need to check with yourselves like okay I am supporting everyone in in a certain way but I am not doing hang on a minute If you're eating too much, I think you know about it, right? But if you're doing all the right things and then you're still putting on weight, you've just got to trust the process and not let it get you down. Because I had a client recently, she's been doing really great. She was about three weeks into her program, losing weight pretty consistently and noticeably getting stronger, noticeably doing way better in the gym, learning the technique of exercise so much better, developing the habit that's going to benefit her for years from now, right? But then three weeks in, she has one week where she puts on, I think, a kilo on the scales. And you could see it just ruined her motivation for like that training session. Look, that number doesn't mean anything. It's your progress. It's your continuous progress that is going to get you where you want to go. It's tough when that kind of thing demotivates you. It is a learning curve. And again, everybody's different. But what I'm trying to do is when we start on a plan is from early on, start discovering with whoever I'm working with, you know, how else do you know you're being successful even without looking at the scales and I'm not saying any measurements either like will you know you're being successful because you're going around you know that usual walk around your house and you're not as much out of breath do you know you're being successful because you're more confident because for example a lot of people will say oh yeah I want to lose weight or look a certain way because I want to feel more confident and then that's where you start digging and you have those powerful conversations with them and then they'll figure out that actually there's probably something else that could be helping them feel more confident And for a lot of my clients, even just going to the gym on their own, surrounded by people that are a lot more experienced, a lot more muscly than them, and just showing up for the workout is a big win. So just focusing on all those other things that make them feel successful. So hopefully, if one thing happens along the way that makes them feel that the process is actually not the result that they expected, they have all those other things to hold on to, to still feel like they're winning. What was it that got you initially hooked into fitness? I like to think of it as, you know, I was a child and I was playing, (laughs) you know, like we're so active and moving and using our bodies when we're little. And that then directly moved on to me going for runs because I have all this excessive energy. And at some point, you're just not doing all the play and, you know, what, what what you do as a child. So then I started running. I think there was a, what I will call the dark era of that fitness and exercise being all about being a certain shape. And I think I was really, you know, cardio 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 you know as a a teenager whatever I remember being in uni and I was still kind of going from cardio machine to cardio machine and going on more runs or whatever and then at some point I saw the barbell at the gym and started doing some squats and like I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like wow that feels good like it's almost like I'm not battling my body to be smaller but now I'm looking quite powerful actually like I haven't seen myself that way before so then that's how I got into weight training and at some point I joined this hot yoga class and then I was like wow this is very uncomfortable and then for some reason I went again and then I was like oh so I can train myself to sit like in an uncomfortable 
position and train myself to be comfortable in it there might be something in that and then from then on it just was an ongoing curiosity of trying different things it could be anything from hiking surfing yoga dancing and you know just really curious about trying it all (laughs) it's all training we're both personal trainers now and I've got to admit I feel pretty rushed off my feet sometimes you know just keeping track of where my clients are at writing programs I notice you're a vet as well as the personal trainer how do you have time to do that how do you juggle it so yes, I have been working as a vet for the past six years and now I'm a night vet. So I purely work night shifts and that gives me some solid day off in between. But I'm still kind of, I think I'm on a 33, 34 hour week with that. But I have wanted to work as a personal trainer for a very, very long time. But I had some limiting beliefs that kept me from doing that. And in the last couple of years, I was like, no. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I've been training friends and family for many, many years, but it's only fairly recently that I'm actually taking on clients. So then the business is at the very beginning now. And I'm also a yoga teacher. I've been teaching classes for the last year and a half, currently qualifying as life coach as well. So in terms of like how all that fits in, it's just about fitting in at the moment, but I am about to go into a sabbatical from my job as a vet. So I'm going to have a lot more time for the training side of things. Are you planning on doing some traveling? That's why you're finding me on my floor uh, today. The the house is pretty empty at the moment. Uh, We're moving everything into a camper and going around Europe and beyond for the next year and a half. (laughs) Just to like learn stuff or just see the world? What's the goal? life happened and it hasn't happened yet so yeah there's that need to travel see the world yeah I'm just really curious about scaling everything down just living from a backpack and just something that seems like I really need to do right now Um, because I think otherwise there's always going to be that question oh what if you know what if I was happier living life in a completely different way from what is you know the norm it's interesting when you ask you know what is the goal because I've always been and I still I'm very goal driven and like planning everything really heavily but actually this is a year and a half where you know I have no idea where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing exactly in two two, to three months and I think that's essentially the goal is just trialing not having that plan and easing into it and also getting my business as a coach and personal trainer and yoga teacher off the ground I'm not able to pour my soul into it the way that I want to with life as it is at the moment so that's a big commitment but uh, it sounds like it's what you need right now just kind of a total detachment from everything give your brain a chance to get around this new situation and wish you all the best with that it sounds amazing what's the benefit of yoga particularly that draws you towards that as opposed to your resistance training and calisthenic stuff Yoga can be so many things to so many different people. It can be an exercise class. You have your flexibility. I heard it on one of your previous episodes as well. Somebody was talking about that, uh, that there is a lot of strength actually behind flexibility. And we know that, you know, there's a lot of this isometric contraction. And we know that isometric contractions are actually very effective for hypertrophy, for instance, without having to add all the additional load. So yeah, there's certainly a lot of physical benefit. Then there is the mental side of things. kind of trains you to become comfortable in being uncomfortable I think that's really helpful especially you know at this time and age where we're just very comfortable all the time and I really like in particular the kind of role that yoga has in pain management and chronic pain management because we know it really strengthens the area of your brain that helps you deal with pain so you can have a completely different experience from pain if you 
if you are a yoga practitioner and there's some small but interesting research on that and then there's a spiritual thing as well i would say the original yogis you probably won't see them in any of the poses they don't do any of that because really yoga is about getting your body ready to sit down in a meditation position forever that's basically what it is, like the physical side of it. So yoga can be very, very spiritual or purely spiritual. And there can be as many benefits as you want them to be, I think. It's interesting you put it in a way as yoga being one of the more challenging things you do. For me, resistance training would be quite hard to top in terms of challenging your body. I always thought of yoga as more of a relaxation method, something to calm you down. The yoga classes I've attended before, the instructor had a very calming voice. There was a lot of sitting with my hands together, thinking about almost putting your body in like a trance-like state. And to be fair Mm -hmm. to that instructor, if I ever have trouble sleeping, I envision like some of the things she said, like feel the weight of your body melt into the mat phrases like that super common and it really works like the power of voice maybe is why people would go to a yoga class for example so you either have a very good memory or your two yoga class have had a significant impact because i'm really impressed that you remember exactly what your yoga teacher said and kept that but yeah it's interesting because physically um it can be as demanding as you want it to be i mean you see people on instagram doing all sorts of interesting stunts on on a yoga mat where's the line of you know is it still yoga or is this calisthenics or you know who cares i suppose imagine sitting down quietly in one position with your back screaming at you, your hips screaming at you, your mind wanting to jump in all different directions, but you are sitting there undistracted from nothing for hours. I don't know about you, but to me, and I think to most of people, this is very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And it takes training. Because I love the intensity of running. I love the intensity of weight training, challenging myself with new calisthenic skills and all that. It's almost easier to our human brains to keep on challenging ourselves because it keeps us busy and it keeps us from the very uncomfortable thoughts and the very uncomfortable physical feeling of just being still. Is there a lot of practice in, you know, relaxation in yoga? Absolutely. But at the same time, I think it can be really challenging without bringing any challenging poses into it if that makes sense i just wanted to pick your brain real quick on your calisthenics that you do perhaps get a few ideas for people who maybe are listening and they've not tried calisthenics before if you could first maybe briefly summarize what that is and then three calisthenics movements that people could maybe start incorporating into their training First of all, very much a beginning in cal- a beginner in calisthenics. Um, so it's the, the newest thing I've been playing with. Even though in this essence, calisthenics, it's body weight training. Even doing your body weight squats, you can call that calisthenics. Learning a new skill. And I think especially with uh, the handstands and going upside down, you know, there's a lot of mental barriers to be overcome there. I seem to be coming back to the mental side of things because I really love it. And you get that sense of progression. And, you know, you can look at yourself today and, three months from now and see how far you've come and go to a level where you never really thought you actually would. So that's, I think, the bit that I love the most about it. It's going to be my main focus with my work as a PT as well, because I won't have access to a gym. So there you go. Do you not have access to a gym? Or do you feel intimidated by your gym? Can you not afford your gym membership? Do you not have time to go to the gym? 
let's call it calisthenics. You're doing bodyweight squats in your living room, doing push-ups against your counter in the kitchen, or maybe you're in the playground with your kid and you find a monkey bar and you're playing around with hanging from the monkey bar. So that can be, you know, where you start with it. And then maybe at some point you're doing push-ups or whatever fancy variation of a push-up you like, or maybe one day you kick up against the wall, or maybe when you're hanging from the monkey bar, maybe at some point you start bending your elbows and you're like, oh, can I pull myself up then? And you're going to your first pull-up. So yeah. How important is keeping training fun to you? Exercise is, is, is this new thing. We're not designed to exercise, to just call an hour in the day and say, I'm just like, going to go train now and I'm going to give it my all and this is going to be my goal. Our body is designed to not expend more energy than it's supposed to because evolution hasn't really caught up with the fact that we're sitting on a couch all day and working on our computers and whatever. So what our bodies know is that we need to conserve energy because energy is not always available. It takes a lot for us to find or it took a lot for us to find food. Um, So What it meant was that we had to be active in order to acquire that and to keep our society going, to raise our young and whatever. But then outside of that, we are designed to be sloths. We are designed to conserve energy. So for us now that it's imperative that we keep on moving because also our bodies are not designed to stay healthy and live a long and prosperous life without us moving. The processes that are aging us, they are slowed down by us being active they do not even turn on if we're not being active we're designed not to do it so in order for us to do it exercise needs to be necessary and it needs to be fun fun is really really important and i think you know if we need to reframe it if we need to not call it exercise because i think you know same as the scales there is some emotional baggage going with the uh, word exercise for a lot of people we can call it something else and it's absolutely fine hike with a loved one, go out for a walk, grab some coffee, dance in your living room or go to a dance class, do your gardening, do your chores while listen to your favorite tune and like move a little bit more or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you don't need to call it exercise, but is it fun? Are you moving your body? Awesome. Yeah, perfectly said, honestly. Maria Elena, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for inviting me, Glenn. 